Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. The 199th edition of the Four Corners Podcast starts right now. From the Basketball Podcast Network, this is the Four Corners Podcast. We win 54 to 53. North Carolina did it. North Carolina wins the championship. With 20 seconds left to play, goes back to Michael Jordan. Jumper from out on the left. Good! Fred Brown looking. Oh, wait a worthy! Worthy five! The Star Heels are going to win the national championship! Weber front court, Carolina with foul. He takes the timeout. They're out foul. of timeout. Technical foul. Technical foul on Michigan. They're out of timeout. And the party is ready to begin on Franklin Street. Gets it back out to head. Long outside shot. Short rebounded. May! It's over! Carolina has won! 72 and how about them Tar Heels they are the national champion pump make for three too strong on the shot that's it the Tar Heels are the national daggum champion love guarded by Keels gets a screen pulls up for three got it Caleb from straight away here are your hosts Josh Marlowe and Anthony Pagnotta Hello and welcome to another edition of the Four Corners Podcast. We are powered by Carolina Electrical Services. Josh and Anthony, we're back with you guys once again today. we got a big one to talk about. As NC State comes to town on Saturday in a, in a really big game, really for this rivalry and for uh, the, the direction of this season for both teams and how the ACC is going to shake out. We're going to tell you all you need to know about the Wolfpack, get you up to date on some stuff around Carolina. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about the rivalry history and stuff like that. Of course, give our keys to the game, pick the game, and so much more. But we start every preview edition of the pod, as we always do with our pod thought of the day. And uh, I did a little improv. This is what we say at the end of our oh. fight song sometimes where it typically says, go to hell, Duke. I just changed up who we're telling to go to hell. It, and is, this, that, is that improv? I don't think you're understanding the word improv. It's Yeah, it's my I, I in, improvisionally just took Duke out, put State in. Okay, you know that we... As a fan base, I've been doing this for years. Right? Yeah. Not okay. As, not so, as but good you're as... but you're taking credit for it. Yes, because okay. I All I right. do it the best. You no, know, because you just take credit for everybody else's work. Makes sense. No, Makes sense. I, when when you do Guess. something like I do it, then yes, it should be taken credit because I do it pretty doggone good. And that's that that's where I'm at with this game. It's simply go to hell, state, because this game this game has as much juice since they met in the ACC tournament in the mid-2000s. I mean, this game has a lot riding on it. I mean, virtually every time Carolina played NC State for Sidney Lowe, when Sidney Lowe was their head coach, he was coaching for his job. Pretty much same thing happened for Mark Gottfried, and 
This year, it's not happening for Kevin Keese because he has really turned around that NC State program. Uh, they enter with this game a 15-4 and record overall, like Carolina. They are five and three in the league. They've 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 secured home wins over Duke and Miami, and that's really really impressive. But the one thing about this game that no one's really talking about is they haven't really done anything all that impressive on the road. Uh, their most impressive win is either at Virginia Tech, who's one and six in the league, or at Georgia Tech. Um, two very not too good basketball teams, um, and, and and I think that's something that I think you can look at state right now and think, yeah, are they maybe playing a little bit better than Carolina is right now? Sure, but they're doing it because they've doing it. They're doing it at home. The same issues that Carolina's had on the road, for the most part, this team has had them too, and I think that's gotten lost in the shuffle when getting ready um, for this game. One thing that is surprising is their seating. As we sit here on January 20th and Joe Lenardi's um, most updated bracket, which he put out on Friday morning, he's got stayed all the way as a five seed in the East region, in large part because those wins over Duke and uh, Miami at home are, are, are really big wins. Um, you know, a, a win like this for NC State, if they were to go into Chapel Hill and beat Carolina, barring a, a, a collapse of, you know, humongous magnitude which would, is always possible would, would all but almost lock them as a team to make the field of 68 I mean you got to think if they win this game they're probably at least in the next release of the bracket bracketology whatever you want to say probably one of the top four seeds so yeah I would say I mean you're right. It would take an unbelievably epic collapse. And, I mean, they they faced some tough teams already in, in, in the ACC. So, I don't know. There, there really wouldn't be that many tests left down the stretch of the season that could potentially take them out of there. And it's really hard to envision them having a collapse like that magnitude uh, because they've got three guys averaging double-figure scoring, led by Terquavion Smith, who surprised everybody by saying no to the NBA to go back to NC State. Um, you have to imagine that NIL probably played a big role in that decision. He's averaging 19.1 points, 3.6 rebounds, 4.7 assists. But his numbers, a lot like Caleb Love's had for all season and, and for R.J. Davis at certain times in the year, inefficient. 39% from the field, 34% from three. Their, their second biggest or their biggest overall acquisition in the offseason, Jarkel Joyner, 16.2 points, four and a half boards, three and a half assists. A little bit more efficient for the field for him, 44% from the field overall, 35% from three. And then their last guy to average double-figure scoring is Casey Morsells at 12.9 points, 4.7 rebounds, one assist. Uh, he shoots 49% from the field and 44% from three. But more importantly, the reason why they are where they are is this is as deep a team as Kevin Keats has had. They've got six guys on their roster that averages 8.7 points per game or more. you got guys like DJ Burns, the Winthrop transfer, averaging nine points and five rebounds. This is the best roster Kevin Keats has had since he took the job at NC State. Not really saying much. Um, he's got he's got a nice blend of talent. 
a nice blend of talented experience. But the most important thing he has is depth. And for the way that he wants to play with relentless pressure on the ball and the way that they full-court press and trap and stuff like that, you got to have depth because the way that they play leads to them committing a lot of fouls in the modern era of college basketball. And they shouldn't have that the last couple of years. Uh, there have been games where they, they came and they competed really hard with Carolina for 20, 25, 30 minutes, but Carolina's depth would eventually wear them out. That's not – that's not going to happen in a game like this because you got guys like Ernest Ross, L.J. Thomas. You got more Mohorchich uh, coming off the bench as well. Well, he's hurt. He's hurt. Uh, he's actually out for the season, so he is not somebody you have to worry about. But Ernest Ross, career game. Yeah. The this past weekend, so he's going to be a big part of what they're going to do. And same thing. Keep an eye on if he plays. He's been hurt as well, but. Ebenezer Dewana is another guy that they use as a big bit. So they rotate a lot of different guys in and out of the lineup at that five spot. That's what Carolina's got to be prepared for. Sometimes they will go too big. Yeah, and uh, they've played so well. You've you've gone on record saying you think they're the best team in the ACC? I think – so I, I – I don't think they're the best team in the ACC. I think right now they're playing the best basketball in the ACC. I think the last four games, I mean, they have been about – I mean, they, they've they picked up some really good wins. They've avoided some pitfalls that normally NC State teams would fall into. And, I mean, they've got the two things that we've talked about so much before – that really good teams in college basketball need to have, which is two really good guards. So I, I, I think the other thing is, first of all, the rest of the ACC, you have no I, – I, I got to be honest. I have no idea what to feel about Clemson, Miami. I know a lot of people really like Miami. I just don't know where I'm at. And even Virginia. And some people may say, well, how would you say Virginia. Carolina was down Armando Baycott, and they still, in in my mind, they still should have won that game. I thought they outplayed them. And my thing is, how good of an offensive team really are they? I know they're a good defensive team, but are they going to be able to keep up with teams when it comes to the ACC tournament when everybody is is full go? And hopefully, there are you know, for Carolina's sake, and you would imagine somebody else will be on that same page as well, like we saw a couple of teams last year, Virginia Tech, Notre Dame, where they're hitting their stride in March. Is that team still going to be able to compete with those teams that will start scoring the ball better? So I don't I don't really know. It's just right now, this is probably the most uncertain that I've felt heading into this game in a while. I heard Matt Doherty, who's on WFNZ here in Charlotte, talking with Kyle Bailey on Thursday, and he basically said the exact same thing. Like, this team is competing, and I got to be honest, I did not see this coming. I told you guys when we went through my, my, uh, all a- or my ACC ballot from media days, I thought this team would be, I, I thought they'd be the second worst team in this conference. Now, to be fair, I don't really know anything, apparently, because I thought that Pittsburgh was going to be the worst team in this conference. Can't confirm. So, I, I just, yeah, I, I, I'm i not, I still, I will say this, 
regardless, I know this is probably one that fits into the thi- the, the you know thing that we say for both of these podcasts. You will never pick Duke or State to beat Carolina on either podcast. We we've never never done it. Never will. Um, I'm I, I still think Carolina will win the game. But this this is going to be a ba- I could see this being like that battle back in Marcus Page's senior se- senior season back in 2016 where they're just going back and forth. Carolina enters with a 13 and six record overall. Like State, they are five and three in the league. We talked about State's troubles away from home. Well, Carolina at home is nine and zero on the season, according. To Joe Lenardi right now, their seeding is all over the place. They're now down to a nine seed in the Midwest region. So now we've seen them seeded as high as sixth, as low as nine, and they've appeared in all four regions over the last two weeks. They have four players that are averaging double-figure scoring as well, led by Armando Baycott, 17.6 points, 11.2 rebounds, and shooting 58% from the field. Caleb Love is averaging 16.3 points, 3.6 assists, or 3.6 rebounds, 3.1 assists. Uh, He's shooting 39% from the field and 27% from three. R.J. Davis, like his uh, backcourt mate Love, is averaging 16.3 points, 4.8 boards, 3.3 assists. He's shooting 44% from the field. 38% 38% from three. And then Pete Nance is shooting 10 or is averaging 10.6 points, six boards, uh, shooting uh, 49% from the field, 35% from behind the three point line. One thing to note Jalen Washington, Huber Davis did confirm will be available to play in this game after missing the game against Boston College on Tuesday. And I don't think that was really in any doubt. I think he was just held out of Tuesday's game, first out of precaution. And then because they probably didn't need him to beat Boston College. Carolina's going to need Jalen Washington probably in this game to make a play or two while they're giving Pete Nance or Armando Baycott either a rest or if either one of them were to find themselves in foul trouble. Let's talk about the rivalry, though, because Carolina all-time against the Wolfpack, they're 163-79. and In Chapel Hill, they are 80-23 and all-time including 29-7 and seven in the Smith Center. But I mentioned it really when we got into the preview of the game. This game has as much juice as I can remember since they met back in the ACC tournament in 2007 in Tampa, Florida. They played at State in a marquee game in 2013 when C.J. Leslie and those boys started the season preseason top five. They were the pick to win the conference. You mentioned Marcus Page's duel with T.J. Warren. That was during Page's sophomore season at Carolina when him and T.J. Warren went at it. And really since then, and, and Keats has won in Chapel Hill. He beat Carolina at home back during the pandemic. Those games didn't really have a lot of juice. This game has a lot of juice, and it feels like a throwback UNC-NC State matchup. Yeah, no, it really does. And 
I just, I think the matchup that everybody's going to be watching, and rightfully so, are going to be these guards going head-to-head. And this is the game where you need Caleb Love to step up and play his best. Because I think R.J. Davis really, really has. I think he has he has been playing outstanding basketball here recently. I think it's up to Caleb Love to take his game to another level. And it's on both ends of the floor. Um, David Glenn was on WFNZ earlier this week and said that when he went back, he's now he's actually contributing a little bit for WCHL and, and, and Chapelboro, and he wrote an article talking about how, look, it's not just the offensive end of the floor where Carolina is better without Caleb Love on the floor. It is the defensive end where they are markedly better when he is not on the floor. So... He's. This has to be a big game for him. He's got to come ready to play in this one because you are going to have guards that want to get downhill, that are going are more than capable of scoring the basketball at a high level, and you you're going to need to be able to match them on the offensive end and try to limit what they're going to do on the defensive end. So we'll see. But yeah, this is. I, I don't. I don't really remember another time, as you said, I'm an idiot and forgot that it was his sophomore year uh, that they went head-to-head. I mean, T.J. Warren, I, I can't even believe it was it was that short of a time ago because it feels like T.J. Warren has been in the NBA since like 1996. Um, but yeah, I mean, this you're going to see probably that type of duel in this game because this team scores at a high level for NC State. Um, defensively, they're they're solid. They're not great, but they're good enough to where they can give Carolina some fits, especially in terms of forcing turnovers. So Carolina's got to play one of their best games of the season uh, if they want to win this game. The good news is, though, as we've seen many, many times in the past, including last year in their first year under Hubert Davis, especially in the Smith Center, Carolina really likes to play well against NC State. I, I'm, I'm so excited for this game. You can probably hear it in my voice. So, so you th- when you started the podcast, you told me that you were – you were ready to go. Normally, when you say that you're ready to go on a Friday, it means you're ready to go and go home and relax. You were saying, no, I'm ready to go for the podcast. And before I could even respond, you would turn the mics on and started the podcast. This is this is an unbelievable level of excitement. This is Duke level, dude. This is ACC basketball. Th- this is what ACC basketball is supposed to be. Not all these, not all these northern schools and all these uh, these Big East uh, leftovers uh, that the uh, ACC uh. acquired, like Louisville, Pittsburgh, Syracuse. No, no one gives a crap about them. This is what makes the ACC. Great is when it's big four schools, Carolina, Duke, State, and Wake Forest are all really, really good. And this year, those four teams are all really, really good. Mm-hmm. And then you mix in what Virginia's doing. Usually in the old days, Clemson or Georgia Tech would be that other school that would pop up and be competitive. And there's Clemson. And Clemson's yep. you know, in the fold once again this year. This feels like an ACC game that I grew up reading about, where the winner would maybe emerge as the favorite to come out and win the conference. And and, and this, is a, this is the type of game... 
this is a game why you come to Carolina. Huber Davis has said that in multiple different times in just his first two seasons as Carolina's head coach. When Carolina's playing a big game, this is why you come here is to play in a crowd like this. This game's going to be at 5 o'clock in Chapel Hill, so you get almost all day to get ready for the game. This should be the best environment of the season so far, yeah. not even close. Um, yes. you know, So there's going to be a big crowd. They're honoring the 92-93 national championship team at halftime great move by steve kirshner so that's right you know there's going to be a different energy in the building and according to ross martin of inside carolina it is reported that eric montross and pat sullivan will be in attendance for the for the ceremony at halftime dude ross i gotta tell you ross is just the hardest hitting of journalists i mean (laughs) what an unbelievable scoop i gotta be i'm i'm frankly stunned absolutely stunned that Montrose is going to be there. I almost fell out of my seat when I saw that Pat Sullivan is going to be there. I mean, what a travel he has to make to get to the game. And so, I yeah, we I, Ross Ross Martin does great work for inside Carolina guys. I mean, I, I I can't wait. There are divisional playoff matchups on tomorrow in the NFL. Yes, there are other bigger college basketball games on throughout the day in college basketball, and what is another great eh, Saturday? Eh. This this game. This game has my full attention. This will be on TV number one. I might even put it on TV I, number I gotta two. Be, so I got to be honest. Well, no, I got to be honest. I think that we should just not have TV number two on. Just full focus on or just that have game. all three screens going on the game so we don't miss anything. It's the same angle. I don't care. It's the same angle that on the way, TV. They don't have a si- they don't have a simulcast of the game. That way, there's no excuses because I'm the the guy in me that look look. We host a Tar Heel podcast. I love Carolina basketball. I've devoted my life's work to it. I love this conference. I love ACC basketball. Even though we have a commissioner who's tried to ruin the conference and doesn't value basketball, here we go. This is this is what we do best, and so I'm 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 pretty excited about it. Well, it's a great day overall in the conference as well. But this, I feel like, great day in the conference overall, headlined by this game. Yes. So. Um, the only way that I'm not going to be excited is if Carolina loses. And when we come back after this message from DraftKings, we'll tell you how Carolina can avoid losing its first uh, home game of the season to a team, an opponent, and a fan base that we all hate. Our keys to the game for NC State are coming up next after this message from DraftKings. The NFL playoff action continues. We're one step closer to Super Bowl 57. And for, the, and for the divisional round, check out DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Now customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers can take a shot at even bigger payouts with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Boost your NFL winnings with each leg added up to 100%. This is the only place, guys, I go to when I want to make my bets on the NFL, I did so for the regular season. I did so with the wild card round. I'll be back for the divisional round as well. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code TBPN. New customers can bet just $5 on the NFL divisional round and get 200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with that promo code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions do apply. See show notes for details. Really hope you guys are getting ready for the divisional round of the NFL playoffs with 
that promo code and that latest offer from DraftKings. Me and Anthony have kept you covered both on the Heel Tough Blog podcast and, of course, right here on the Four Corners podcast. Let's dive into our keys to the game. And the first key I have, I think you can tell that I'm uh, I'm talking with passion. Oh. This team has to play with passion. Okay, okay. Because NC State, look, great, great start to the season. They're fifteen and four. They're five and three in the league. They're feeling themselves a little bit. They're no. they're they're very they're you very confident. You don't say. They literally just talked in the locker room last week about how you can one come to NC State and do the same things that you can do at Carolina and Duke. And Ernest Ross, who, by the way, Ernest Ross came in averaging two points per game to that game last weekend. He said in the post-game press conference that they were, quote, heading to the natty. Yeah. Okay. Let's, guys, let's let's slow, slow you know, walk before you run, baby. All right. So with all that being said, State's going to come into this game confident. They're going to come in with a bunch of energy, and they're going to come ready to play. You heard in the last edition of the podcast with Adam Lucas, Carolina loves to play with a crowd behind them. We just said before break, this is going to be the best crowd Carolina has played in at home so far this season. It'll be better than the crowds that they played in in front of MSG. And in Charlotte, both crowds that helped lift Carolina to much important, much-needed wins at that time. They've got to come out and 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 play with a passion that this type of game requires. And I think if they do that, if they come out like we saw for so many years under Roy Williams, we saw it last year in his first year under Huber Davis, you're going to see Carolina's best performance. You're going to see them play free. They're going to have they're going to be loose. Armando Baycott's chasing history with that double-double record to do that at home against NC State and be the, the the focal point as to why maybe Carolina comes away with a win. We couldn't ask for it to go any other way. So I want to see this team come out and and just play play with the love of the game and play with the mindset that they want to kick this team's butt and blow them out and embarrass them. Because you know what? As good as NC State is, that's still very possible because it's NC State. And history tells us when the going gets tough and they got a man up, they ain't ready for the challenge. Well, they're just they're just not a good basketball program. There's your answer right there. Um Look, this is it, it's really this simple. What did we hear about from Hubert Davis last year during March? He's looking for a team that's looking for a fight. And I think this team's going to be looking for a fight. Um, there's going to be a lot of motivation in this game. We've talked about some of the leaders that Carolina has on this team. We've talked about how much some of these guys love Carolina, mainly Armando Baycott. Armando, I think, is a guy that probably, of anybody in this locker room this year, has taken the Roy Williams approach to NC State games. Roy Williams hates NC State more than he hates Duke. And to be honest with you, I think he's right. Because there's something to respect with Duke. What What is there to respect about State? They haven't won a title since the 80s. So, I mean, shoot, even the Dallas Cowboys have won a title since then. Oh, that was unnecessary. I'm sorry, bro. 
I'm sorry. Your team wins one playoff game with an overrated middle of the road quarterback, and now you want to start taking shots. How many rings? How many rings we got since you guys last appeared in a Super Bowl? And you That's still right. got less Super Bowls than the Cowboys. That's right. So yeah. he, I mean, congr- well, when we get our fifth this year, we'll be neck Con- and neck. Congratulations! Th- th- that just shows you how pathetic your franchise is. We haven't won one in 30 years. You still can't catch us. And we'll be neck and neck with you this year when we take home that title. Oh. But okay. But uh. I just I think this game is there is going to be so much motivation for these guys because yeah you can't tell me that they did not see those clips the other day being put out on social media and look you can say whatever you want about what Terquavion Smith and Ernest Ross said uh, I for, personally I think that they you know they they might need to be randomly drug tested after that one because my God. Are you serious? Have you do you know the history of this of, of that program? Um, but you're right. They're going to come in feeling their oats, and Carolina is going to come in motivated because look, there are a lot of people nationally and even some within the fan base that still do not believe that this team is a good basketball team. So this is going to be their chance to prove it. If you come out and win this game especially if you win it in the fashion of some of the games that you have won games you know against them before i think that there is no question that you will be seen as the favorite or probably along with virginia one of the favorites to win the acc if you lose this game then a lot of people are probably feeling vindicated in their doubts of this Carolina team. So I think these guys will know that. It's a team that, as you've said, loves playing in these types of environments. And I think they're going to feed off of it in this game. So, yeah, there will be a lot of emotion on both sides in this one. The second key is more of a basketball-centric key, and that is to that okay. is to force turnovers or, or or to limit turnovers because NC State forces 14.6 per game. Whew. And so it's going to be imperative that Carolina, I don't know, doesn't turn the ball over 14 times. And it's going to be difficult because NC State does a really good job with their full court press and their half court trap. It's almost like you know, Carolina should do that a little bit more often than they have so far this season. They do a lot of things in the half court defensively that lead to live ball turnovers. And those live ball turnovers lead to pick six points the other way with, you know, dunks, layups, or three-pointers. And that's the type of thing that can get you beat on your home court in a game like this. So it starts with R.J. Davis. It starts with Caleb Love being um, smart with the ball, but then it comes down to the guys being strong with the ball, like Pete Nance, like Leaky Black. You can't just let them come and take it away from you. You've got to you've got to toughen up, and you've got to make sure you protect the basketball at all costs because they're going to throw eight or nine different dudes on the court at, at this game at you So because they've got the depth to do it. They're going to stay fresh. They're going to stay aggressive. If Carolina can hold their turnovers to 10 or less – I, I think that really lends well to them to winning the game. They turn it over 12, 14, 16 times. 
Might not be a fun so uh, recap podcast when we come back to talk about this one. Well, uh, yeah, and this is a key that Carolina has run into really, you know, in the last few games. And we saw how costly turnovers were the other night against Boston College. You could have put that game away. You probably could have won that game by 20 points if you don't turn the ball over at the rate you did. Because when you turned it over, they were pick six turnovers, as Hubert Davis liked to phrase it. That Boston College team had 14 fast break points. Have you looked at how many field goal attempts NC State has in a game? Over 60. They play with a ton of pace. So they're going to want to run. And look, Carolina's built to run. So they can play that way. But the thing is, if you're turning the ball over the way that you did the other night and you're making it just unbelievably easy... On state, then you're going to have a long night. But as you said, if you look at the actual shooting numbers for state, this is not the greatest shooting team. So this is a team that if you can get them playing a half-court game, then you probably have a really good shot of beating this team. And ultimately, that's what matters in this game. We've, We've said other games really the last two that we want to see Carolina win and win handedly. This game, it doesn't matter. It's it's that you win. But you it, you want to get them playing a half-court game because that's going to give you the best chance to do that. And what's the best, the best way to do that? It's to score on the other end and not turn the ball over. And I think, you know, the good news is is that if you keep your turnovers down, and NC State turns it over 10.6 times per game. So they turn it over at a pretty decent rate as well. That's 344th in the country. So while they create a lot of turnovers, they give the ball away a lot. If you can find a way to limit yours, you that that could be a major difference in this game. And, and that could allow you to establish a pretty solid lead and hold it throughout the day, which I think should be the ultimate goal for Carolina. The thing I think you got to do, and I've said it multiple times so far this season, you need to limit how much Caleb Love is bringing the basketball up as your primary ball handler. Let R.J. Davis be your main guy. He is the best guy to bring the ball up. He's he's shown throughout the season that when he has the ball in his hands, he's the smarter of the two. And look, he's he's had a couple of games too where we've been frustrated with them. He has to hold on to the basketball, but I trust him more than Caleb Love when it comes to holding on to the basketball and moving the ball the way that Carolina needs them to. The last and probably the the most important key of the game is Carolina's got to win the battle on the interior. And this is going to be a tough challenge because DJ Burns is a really good player. Um and, and and Ernest Ross is really growing into his role for NC State. Neither one of those two dudes can hold Armando Baycott's jockstrap, and that's got to be the focal point of this game. This is a man's game. Armando Baycott is a grown, bleeping man. Give him the ball and get out of the way. I want him to work DJ Burns so hard he has to eat three combos at Popeye's after the game to put on all the weight he's going to lose trying to guard Armando Baycott. Sweet God. By the way, I did want to, I unfairly did not congratulate your Cravion Smith for coming back. I'm glad John Deere came through with the money for him. That's really touching to see. Um, 
You're right, though. You, you, I mean, look, we could say all, all any jokes that we want, man. DJ Burns is a monster for a dude that size. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's cool. We're talking about a dude that is Kennedy Meeks freshman size. Like, big, big. And I want him to wear a hole in the floor trying to guard Armando Baker. Which, and, and look, he should because, I mean, look, he, he's a good player. There's no doubt about it. But he. This is the best big that he has faced all season long and, and, and will face all season long. So, yeah, let Armando go to work. And I'm going to tell you right now, look, Armando is 17 away from breaking. Is it breaking or tying Hansborough? I think it's breaking, right? 16 to tie, 17 to break. He will break it in this game. I would be absolutely stunned if he does not break it in this game. I hope so. I, this is the one game that I hope Caleb Love misses as many shots as possible so I can just watch number five rebound the ball. Because I get more enjoyment watching Armando Baycott rebound oh, whoa, than I whoa, than I whoa, get watching whoa. this team make shots. Okay, okay. You got really revved up there. You had a very, very weird look in your eye. That was going to get questionably vulgar and you did a good job of steering well, it. D- d- does it. Does it turn on the basketball junkie in me and does it make me feel a type of way? Yes. Oh, it's um, it's it's nearing it's nearing Cam Johnson's shot. Yeah. And you know what that means from uh, conversations we've had off air. It's, it's, yes, it does stuff. But uh, I, I would be stuck. He he is going to be ready for this game, and all of those guys are going to have their hands full. But look, this is a team that averages thirty eight rebounds a game. This is the best rebounding team Carolina's seen in a while because they have faced a stretch of teams in the ACC that play small or simply do not rebound well. So Carolina needs to they they need to be able to handle the glass. You can't let them get a bunch of easy looks at the basket, whether it's with their big men or their guards. That's the thing, is that these two guards that you're about to play, they get downhill about as well as any guards that you will see the rest of the season. I mean, Jamarius Burton, probably the one guy that you would put up there. We've seen what he can do, and he did it over and over again to Carolina. But both of these guys like to play downhill. Carolina has to be able to take away the lane. And look, they have not been great at doing that so far this year. This game, you you have to do that. And to be honest, and and look, part of this is going to be on Hubert Davis. If guys are struggling defensively to stop the ball. Take them out of the game, bring somebody else in, and tell them, look, we got to get refocused here because that is the biggest key to being able to take away what NC State does on the interior. I trust Armando Baycott down low. Unless this is just one of these games where the refs are going to call it extremely tight, which is is very possible. To be honest with you, it would probably make sense considering that these are two teams that are built off of physical big men, I wouldn't be shocked if they decide, let's call this game tight, because that's how the ACC seems to work. But even then, you know, you have Pete Nance. Uh, Hubert Davis talked about, you know, with uh, d- during his press conference today, how he has, you know, sat down with, with Pete Nance and talked to him about being more physical, being more consistent down low. 
That's so. I I mean, he's having those conversations. Jalen Washington. We ex- we expect that the reason he was held out the other night was so that he will be available for this game. So Carolina is going to have their bigs there, but I still trust that group. I the thing I'm worried about more so is can the guards stop the basketball? If they can, then I don't think. I mean, you're forcing NC State to shoot a ton of perimeter shots. I like my chances. But we've seen them struggle with it so far this year. This is one of the reasons why, in this game, I want to see more Seth Trimble. And hopefully hopefully he is in rhythm and can bring you enough on the offensive end to justify keeping him on the floor. Because he's going to defend his rear end off, and I think that's what Carolina needs. Carolina enters with a 66.1% chance to win the game, according to ESPN's matchup predictor. I think Carolina wins, and I think it's by double digits. I'm not going to go on and say that they walk the dog and they blow them out. I think you see Carolina play their best game they've played so far this season. I think they play with the type of emotion you want to see in this game. I think, you know, Armando Baycott and R.J. Davis could alone could maybe lift and carry Carolina to a victory. I think that stretch against Boston College where Love scored five straight points and drew a charge. I think that's going to start building towards him starting to turn his numbers around. I think Carolina just had, and I, and I think this team is trending in the right direction. I really do think they're rounding into form to being an ACC contender and a national title contender. So I got Carolina winning at home to continue their dominance in this old Big Four rivalry. Yeah, like I said earlier, this is a game that we, no matter what, will always pick in favor of Carolina. No matter what sport it is, you know, we cover basketball, men's basketball and football. So, yeah, when we make our predictions, we're always going to pick Carolina over Duke and State. This game, I think, will be close. But I I truly believe that Carolina will win this game. I think that Carolina is the more veteran team <coughs> and... I do think that Carolina is going to show in this game that they are the better team just overall. I like, you know, down the stretch of these games, I think Carolina has, has you know, they, we've seen guys step up. Caleb Love, I think it could be similar to what we've seen from the entire season. I don't know if he's going to be a guy that will just bring it the entire game because we haven't really seen him put together a complete performance so far this season. But I think when it matters, he'll be able to turn it on. I think R.J. Davis does not get enough credit. He Somehow, he is not on the Oscar Robertson Award watch list, which is just, just unbelievable to me. Because I think... He has taken a massive, massive step. I told you. I told you. When, uh, I, did I say it on the podcast or or what? I know it was off air, but I think I may have said it on the podcast too. I think R.J. Davis, as of right now, has a brighter NBA future than Caleb Love because of the way his offensive game has developed here throughout this year. He deserves more credit. I think he'll step up and hit some shots when Carolina needs him to like he has been. And I don't think they're going to have anything for Armando Baycott because I think, one, already a great player, and two, this dude's going to be playing like a man possessed. I already told you, he's going to get 17 or more rebounds in this game. And I think he absolutely dominates 
NC State in this game. I just think there will be some turnovers that will allow NC State to stay in the game. Their guards can score the ball at a high level, and I'm a little worried about that. The Carolina's ability to take away the lane. I think both teams probably get to 80. I wouldn't be shocked if they get to 85. This will look like an old-school ACC matchup, and the finish will be very similar to an old-school ACC matchup. Carolina will get it done at home. Win or lose, we'll have you covered at HeelToughBlog.com where you can find a preview of the game as well as that recap shortly after the final uh, horn blows in Chapel Hill as I continue to keep you covered on all things Carolina basketball. As for Tar Heel football, they're fully immersed in the offseason as Mac Brown tries to rebuild his program once again after a disappointing end to the season. Any news that comes out of the Keenan Center, Anthony will have you covered as we'll keep you up to date with all things football and basketball. That's HeelToughBlog.com. Uh, as for the podcast, guys, you know where to find us. Every major podcasting platform, just search the Four Corners podcast. Uh, we encourage you guys to rate and review the podcast. That way, folks that haven't found the podcast can. But more importantly, guys, make sure you hit that subscribe button. That way you don't miss any editions of the show throughout the remainder of the basketball season. Well, with that, guys, this is going to wrap up this edition of the show. I want to thank Anthony once again for hosting with me. We want to thank you guys for listening. And as always, go Tar Heels and go to Hell State. Guys, it just doesn't get any sweeter than that.